0: Well, good day, good afternoon, good morning, good morrow, whatever phrase might enliven you and make you feel happy to be here, that's the greeting we've offered. Uh, It's good to be with you here at Calling from the Wilderness. This is our uh, 28th session as we and our second session overall looking at uh, Samson, the life of Samson in the book of Judges. Last week we had a fantastic conversation with a good friend of ours, Kyle Lamenda. Uh, if you haven't watched that one, I highly recommend you go and, uh, and check that one out and um, maybe even look at it before this one as it might give you a bit more context for the life of samson um, as we head a little bit more into uh, the kind of the later years of his life having looked at the prophecy and uh, and his birth before this uh, my name is timothy miller and uh, i'm a priest in the church of england and in, in london england i currently serving a couple of small Churches, a couple of parish churches up in the area of Highgate, and I'm joined by my very good friend on the other side of the word world, Derek Wilson. Derek uh, currently church coordinator um, um, is the kind of <laughs> the main the main title, um, and uh, then there's a lot of other works and uh, titles that get thrown around after that um, with the work that he does in St Andrews. Is that right? St Andrews Presbyterian and Duncan. Um, as well, I just want to say a quick shout out and a hello to uh, those of you who have recently subscribed and are uh, now getting the updates when new things come up. Um, please do feel free not just to subscribe, but to send and drop some messages. Let us know what's, um, what's resonating, what's not, um, if there's a passage particular that you want to look at, or if there's something you think that we are way out of line with, um, or you want to hear more about, that would be another one um, we would love to hear from you. Just to say that we kind of have a pattern of, of kind of four weeks where we look at a at a, a, set, a section of passages uh, for three weeks. And then on the fourth week, we revisit them all. So if you do have a question or you have a thought, uh, make sure you're putting those in during those three weeks. And we really will um, look at those as kind of part of our, our four-week reflection and review. So um, anything you think we need to add, Derek?
1: Um. Yeah, with with us looking at the verses, uh, we don't normally look at the more popular passages. Like we're looking at Samson, but we're looking at more the setup to him and that. Or when we looked at Abraham, we looked at some of the more um, lesser known or lesser looked at passages. Um, so just a heads up, if you're like, I'm going to do the story of Samson and how he tore down the temple, we... I, I don't there. know if we're going to get to that, but <laughs> <laughs> we more look at the more obscure ones. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> when you were saying, like, good morning and good evening and that, that reminded me of that. Remember that um, Sharon Lewis and Bran um, oh, yeah. group? And I was like, I love you in the morning and in the afternoon. I love you in the evening and underneath the moon. Skimmery dinky dinky. Oh, yes. skimmer do. I love you. Uh, it just came to my mind, and I'm like, I haven't heard that song in seventy years. <laughs> so, maybe that's a callback um, that some of our listeners Amazing. will enjoy. Yeah.
0: So if you're if you're still with us, you've if, if got you're it. Still
1: with us? If you were yeah. back in the <laughs> 1920s.
0: Amazing, amazing. Well, with that lovely introduction of uh, Sharon, Lois, and Bram, let's uh, let's dive into to Samson here. Um, so, our passage today, um, and as Derek said, we we do try well we pick a smaller section of passage than you might think would be sensible Um, and that gives us the ability to just kind of sit in it hear the words listen to what God is saying to it listen to what each other is kind of saying in the midst of it Um, and we do try to pick passages that often don't get kind of sat in Um, and so this one here I hope you really enjoy so this is Judges 14 1 to 9 and I'll get Derek to kick us off to read it first.
1: Samson went down to Timnah and at Timnah, he saw one of the daughters of the Philistines. And he came up and told his father and mother, I saw one of the daughters of the Philistines at Timnah. Now get her for me as a wife. But his father and mother said to him, is there not a woman among the daughters of your relatives or among all your people that you must go to take a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines? But Samson said to his father, Get her for me, for she is right in my eyes." His father and mother did not know that it was from the Lord, for he was seeking an opportunity against the Philistines. At that time the Philistines ruled over Israel. Then Samson went down with his father and mother to Timnah, and they came to the vineyards of Timnah, and behold, a young lion came toward him, roaring. The Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him, and although he had nothing but his hand, He tore the lion in pieces as one tears a young goat. But he did not tell his father or his mother what he had done. Then he went down and talked with the woman, and she was right in Samson's eyes. After some days he returned to take her, and he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion, and behold there was a swarm of bees in the body of the lion and honey. He scraped it out with his hands and went on, eating as he went. And when he came to his father and mother, and gave some to them, and they ate, but he did not tell them that he had scraped, it, scraped the honey from the carcass of a lion.
0: Samson went down to Timnah, and at Timnah he saw one of the daughters of the Philistines. Then he came up and told his father and mother, I saw one of the daughters of the Philistines at Timnah. Now get her for me as my wife. But his father and mother said to him, Is there not a woman among the daughters of your relatives or among all our people that you must go and take a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines? But Samson said to his father, Get her for me for she is right in my eyes. His father and mother did not know that it was from the Lord, for he was seeking an opportunity against the Philistines. At the time the Philistines ruled over Israel. Then Samson went down with his father and mother to Timnah, and they came to the vineyards of Timnah. And behold, a young lion came toward him roaring. Then the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him, and although he had nothing in his hand, he tore the lion in pieces as one tears a young goat. But he did not tell his father or mother what he had done. And he went down and talked with the woman, and she was right in Samson's eyes. After some days he returned to take her, and he, and, and he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion, and behold, there was a swarm of bees in the body of the lion, and honey. He scraped it out into his hands, and went on, eating as he went. And as he came to his father and mother, and gave some to them, they, and they ate, but he did not tell them that he had scraped the honey from the carcass of the lion.
1: Well, Derek, there's uh, a few options to pick from, but is there anything in particular that jumped (laughs) out to you? I have so many questions or things that stood (laughs) out to me. Um, one is like he's throwing a tantrum in the beginning like now get her for me as a wife like it's a two-year-old who wants a toy in the store (laughs) and definitely sees her as an object i don't know how you could say that any other way um yeah and like grabbing the honey from the carcass of the lion first of all is that good good honey like it just seems weird Like, are they getting the stuff from the line to put in the honey? Like, does it just taste like rotting meat? Because that's gross. (laughs) Secondly, if I'm on a journey, I don't want sticky hands. Like, I'm not putting my hand in honey and then walking. (laughs) Like, that just seems very... Because there's no way to get honey off your hand. Like, you can't clean it with your mouth good enough to get the stickiness off. That just seems like a terrible journey after that. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I... Yeah, I, I I could completely agree. I think we we've got we've got you know the the temper tantrum from Samson. We've got this strange situation where too the story is not written in a way that actually like he's traveling with his parents, but then he's alone with a lion. Then he goes then he goes by himself, and then he comes back and and he's got sticky hands, and his parents are like, "Oh, thanks for the honey." Like it, it's And it's like
1: rotting meat. Like that lion's (laughs) been there for, what, two, three days? Like it's not good meat anymore. Yeah, yeah, And also, tear the lion apart like you would a young goat. Is that Mm. a common practice in this time where they would tear goats apart with their bare hands? Like is it some kind of, for sacrifice, it's just easier to rip their jaw open than (laughs) it is to sacrifice <laughs> yeah. on the altar like i
0: yeah yeah
1: uh, very very next. many questions
0: yeah yeah so are you, are you feeling do you feel you have any kind of specific thoughts or questions for where you want to start or are we looking just to hit the timer and
1: see what happens um i find it i find it fun or i would like to talk about um um how he picks this woman to be his wife and his parents Mm -hmm. are saying pick someone from your own group Mm -hmm. not these uncircumcised Mm -hmm. Philistines Mm -hmm. Um, but they did not know it was for the Lord for he was seeking an opportunity against the Philistines Mm -hmm. and so the Lord is using this woman as a pawn to rile up the strength of Samson that he gave to destroy the Philistines instead Mm -hmm. of just Rowling up samson like does samson really need this motivation to to go after them could the lord not just put that desire in his heart mm. um or the righteous anger of the lord or whatever you want to call it mm. um it just seems like there's a lot of steps here that have to go yeah, in order yeah. for this to happen and mm. maybe it's more complicated than it needs to be but maybe yeah. that's just me thinking the straightest way to A to B is a straight line. But sometimes you got to go in a couple different directions and that.
0: Or, or the, or the straightest way between Samson and a B is a dead carcass of a lion.
1: Yeah. So you know, yes. slight
0: variation. Yeah.
1: Between A Samson and B bees <laughs> <B's>. is the <laughs> lion. Yeah, to see the carcass of the lion. The <laughs> Samson. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, th- I think
1: I think one of the things I'm I, you
0: know, as I say, there's those crazy things in the in this small like there's nine verses, and you could take any one of the verses pretty much and be on it for hours wondering what does it actually mean or you know, looking at the context and things like that. But but it is it, I do find it interesting that the kind of the only reference to god is that one sense of validating samson's samson's temper tantrum um or no sorry there, i guess there's the two there's the validation of samson's temper tantrum and then there's the lord giving him strength so that he doesn't get devoured by a lion um but it also makes me wonder actually like and i think i was can't remember if this was in the recording last week or, or just part of our conversation but it's just like i'm I'm beginning to think that Samson was not somebody who actually looked impressive to look at like you know when people are kind of constantly surprised at his strength, which doesn't make me think that he's actually like you know a six foot eight you know muscle builder like you know it, 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 he's not i always imagine him to be like the rock you know yeah. dwayne johnson the rock and and now I'm beginning to think that he's probably not like he's a little bit maybe more like Steve Urkel than yeah. you know let's let's just do like let's just let's do like the old school throwbacks. We've got, you know, um yeah we, we've got the skinny marinky dinky dink. We've got we've yeah. got Steve Urkel and we've got the original rock. Um and yeah. uh and so <laughs> that should we start the timer then?
1: well in in that is I just wonder like because he didn't want to tell his mother and father uh where it came from. Was he scared to tell him that he ripped apart a line because then they wouldn't let him walk alone because they're so shocked at his strength? Like if their son is a rock and they say, you know, the size of that, mm. and mm. you wouldn't be worried that he's walking out alone or whatever. Mm. But if he looks like Steve Urkel, you might be more scared or more yeah, worried but... about him. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, Or
0: like Jimmy Neutron?
1: Jimmy Neutron,
0: <laughs> I, I, you know, Zari has got me into Jimmy Neutron. I, I got, her, well, I introduced her to it, and she loves it. So,
1: nice,
0: but nice. like, I, I do think that if we maybe let's just start there because I think you know what I do find fascinating about having read the passage last week and this week is is Samson's parents, like, I don't. I, I, there's this weird space that they occupy, in, in that, like his his dad seems to be somebody who's, who's incapable of believing anything other than what his own eyes see. Um, And then we got like his mom, who's never named, even though his dad is. And then here, like, you know, they, they seem to like, they seem to be almost afraid of him. Like, and that's why I kind of wonder if there's like this kind of almost like this strange, um, you know un- unexpected strength that that like to look on him everyone might think he's just like this kind of you know lovely little boy or or man and, and everyone's like oh you know isn't he you know samson isn't he so cute with his long hair and then it's like and then the or you know you know who it reminds me of is um is is um bam bam on the flintstones
1: oh okay right? like so, so Superman we, uh, as a baby lifting cars oh, yeah. on top and his parents being like what is going on and he's like super strong breaking cribs but yeah bam bam yeah yeah yeah
0: so you got like this like cute little kid you know lots of hair and the parents are like you know he can't drink alcohol he can't shave his head you know he can't eat anything unclean and then somehow when the spirit of god comes on him he literally turns into the hulk
1: um you know there. Now, would the honey be unclean because it's in a dead body?
0: That's a very good question, Derek. Very good question. Because what, what seems to be unclean in the in the passage before it's about like the, the uh, is that the the animals with hooves, yeah, like the, the cloven hooves. Um, yeah, but yeah, he, he's he's eating he's eating
1: something. From a dead body, yeah, and, and yes, it might not be the dead body. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I. But I also like with the parents. Not, a, I wouldn't. Maybe it's not even just fear of his strength, but it's also a. I don't want to say reverence, but a unhealthy. Um, caution to his calling. Mm where they know he's called to do something great and stuff, and they're worried to almost intervene when, when necessary um, because they know something bigger is going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even with that passage of finding his wife, you know, find someone like the normal thing, the, the right thing is to find someone in, in your own group they said, "No, find the Philistine woman because the Lord was using them uh, looking for an opportunity to go against the Philistines, mm-hmm. so maybe that's happened before, and they kind of understand that things aren't as clear with Samson as they would with other children in in Israel because he is special, and there's something different going on with him." Mm-hmm. For right or for wrong, because yeah, yeah. sometimes we can, maybe with leaders, I know I've worked with a couple of Christian leaders where there's been a reverence about around what they do <laughs> and who they are, but then you you get to know them or, or whatever, and you're like, you should really be, have been called out more than you have, but people are mm-hmm. worried about, um, you know, mm-hmm um, upsetting God's plan or what God's doing with you, but there's some stuff that you need to work on as, as a human, maybe something like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, I think that's really interesting. Um, and yeah, I, that sense of, of like what are the things that we do, um, in, in fear of somebody else's calling. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as you say, that kind of sense of, um, you know, almost, almost as if like the calling of God is so fragile that if we, that if we do something wrong, you know, we're, we might be the people who, who, you know, stop the next great evangelist from being able to to become what God has intended them to become.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a fear and not a... Um, like if you look at Israel, God's mm-hmm. chosen people and how many times they've messed up mm-hmm. and did things um, wrong. And yet mm-hmm. they were still the, the chosen people and, and doing that. I mean, they weren't what God had planned or they weren't... Actually, I would say they they probably are because Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of what Israel was supposed to be. But yeah, there's there's a sense of... Even now that makes me think of, of holiness. Like holiness, don't go out and hang out with certain people, don't associate with certain things, all this, because then you become unclean and you become unholy and your white robes are are tainted instead of, like, I think we talked about this before, that holiness is more like a bleach, that it affects what is around it, like the spirit in you is not gonna be tainted. It's what is Mm -hmm. the situations or the circumstances or environments that you are in, and Mm -hmm. how does that be changed? And so it's it's a different mindset of fear versus I don't really want to say change but fear versus action shall we say Imperfect mm-hmm. love casts out fear i think i read that once
0: in a fortune cookie somewhere fortune cookies
1: that's it <laughs> i was eating at a buffet and they had honey from a lion and so i ate it and then i got the fortune cookie and mm. yeah so what what um
0: what what in your life or what have you seen in in kind of you know church or kind of christian context have you experienced or seen that you think is the what is that driving force behind you know that that sense of of like the frailty of either god's calling god's holiness that sense where, where as you say, we often, if we looked back, or maybe even in the moment, sometimes we think to ourselves, I, "There's got to be some pushback on this." But I guess you know, look at the fruit. You know, you can't. You know, if if God wasn't really in this, we wouldn't see people's lives being changed, or people coming to Christ, or or healings taking place. And and, and what what is it? What what do you think it is? Like it, it that makes us so afraid. Uh, of, like, pushing back uh, against each other and against God? Or is that too too big of a question for...
1: Uh, <laughs> oh, are, are you talking about, you know, having honest conversations, like steel, sharpening steel, or are you talking about avoiding things because you don't want to get your holiness tarnished? Which which one?
0: Or both? Um let, 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 let's go with um, let, let's go with that kind of steel serpent, steel idea because I think that's something that I, I definitely like me have sorry just a, like yeah. we did uh, a, a, a whole course in, in college. Um, which revolved around judges, <laughs> like, yeah. uh, and I remember doing in depth. And I think I even presented on one of these chapters. I I remember it was Christina um, Stadnick. who was doing one a set, one part of Samson's life, and I was doing the other part of Samson's life. Yeah. Um, I had to do presentations, and yet I I'm reading this, and I'm just like, this is crazy. Yeah. Like where where is the pushback? Where where is that? where, where is that fear? like coming from because i do i see that in my own life um you know where where am like oh you know that you know that guy's the pastor or you know that surely maybe i've got this wrong um you know I, you know again i don't want to you know interrupt that person from living up the calling that god has for them mm-hmm. i don't want to be that person who kind of ruins god's kingdom right like
1: <laughs> well yeah okay so there's there's two things i would say to that the one the first one is um, I think we have lost the ability um, in the church, like what I believe is truth, right? So if you are coming, or and the way I live is truth, and if you are coming and questioning that or um, even bringing up some points, bringing in some doubt or something, shall we say, mm-hmm. then the truth that I've held is challenged and when truth is challenged there's you can either fight it or you can run away from it right like so you're going to fight it and you're going to be like well no that's that's not right that's same thing with um Ga- Gala- uh, galileo or copernicus which is one that like actually guys the sun the earth galileo, right? anyway, I think yeah and they're like nope <laughs> and so they, they, they kill them like there's this if you're questioning the truth, um, then you're, you're almost questioning the, the person because that's such a deep-held um, truth to them that it's actually almost part of them. And so enough people have fought back about that and gotten angry that now it's, well, now I don't even want to fight about it because it's almost not even going to go anywhere and it's going to hurt relationships. We put relationships above truth-seeking where I don't want to argue. The second thing is there's lots of people in the Christian church that rightly or wrongly will tell you that you are doing things wrong all the time. I mean, if you've ever been part of a church service, (laughs) I've had many people come up to me and be like, you know, that's not part of the Bible or "That's, Mm -hmm. that's this, that's that. And it's hardly ever actually something theological. It's more personal preference to them. Um, that they just don't like that you're doing or using. But it's always, I think we've lost the ability, and this is not just in the church, but in in the world is to have an honest conversation with, with one another, not even to the point of trying to convince the other person of your argument and to win them over, but just to share your point of view and have another person accept that and share their point of view and to learn more about each other. After, uh, with that, and even allowing some of those questions, that doubt, to, um, to sit with you and to wrestle with that doubt. Either you're going to come away with it, um, changing your mind and finding truth in something you haven't seen before, or you're going to be more resolved in your answer because you've questioned what you believe and you have justified it enough that now that is a stronger truth to you more a solid um i don't know what what do you think
0: yeah no i, I think uh, yeah, i yeah I, I do under yeah i could resonate with the things you're saying is you know that kind of sense of of defense of the truth and mm-hmm. um you know and that sense of like where where like your responses and your ideas are who you are. And so you feel like personally attacked or or you feel like you might be unintentionally attacking somebody if you question something that they've said. And, and that sense, as you say, like where we're kind of, especially in the West, we seem to really um, drive for having que- questions and answers. Like we always have Q&A sens- sessions. Yeah. And I remember in the early days of, of listening to home, the Homebrew Christianity podcast, I was really struck because I said we don't do, like, question and answers. We do question and responses because it's that sense that this is, like, part of a bigger dialogue and a bigger discussion. And I think it's just what what I'm really struck with in, in our conversation today and, and even, like, with what you've been saying right now is that sense, like, where, where like, all of these things, like, I guess, like, somehow I, like, I, I see it and I understand it in that kind of, uh, you know, human... Um, or you know, sense of our, our our own selves navigating the world, navigating our relationships, our, our you know, our identity and things like that. I think what I'm really surprised that actually, the older I get, is like the way that we somehow see see those kind of in a ways. I guess those kind of um, that bit of frailty or vulnerability, or um, or kind of fear to kind of push somebody back. Like we automatically then translate that into into like the the person work and calling of god somehow being also weak and vulnerable and and uh, you know and susceptible to to something that we just were afraid you know it's like and i remember this growing up you know I, i hated going on missions trips um, because I always, I was always afraid I was going to get stuck in a conversation where I would say something that then would put somebody off of God or make them think that God wasn't somebody I believe God to be, and and I felt like, and then I was like, and then they're then they're going to go and burn in hell, and it will all be my fault because I wasn't prepared, I didn't have the right answer, and the Spirit surely isn't going to work through me because it's just me, right? Like, and and I'm just like, is is God really that? that frail and that fragile and is God's call so weak that it can't handle the ups and downs of life and, and the, the push and the, you know, like, like somebody who's called to, you know sort of like sorry i think for myself i'm not, I'm not gonna i'm not gonna make this abstract but this is for myself is no. like there there are things i've been through personally in the last two years in particular that have been really hard work um within my own relationships within understanding myself within who i am in my in my work and my calling and and i've you know i've i've had to do a lot of hard work with counselors and with um, with a work coach and 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 there's still stuff that's definitely ongoing through that Um, and and what's crazy is that like I I recognize the fact that I'm being pushed back is something about like strengthening and enriching um, my, my my person and my character and I feel like I'm becoming more um, more authentic, and, and not strong is not the right word, but like there's there's stuff being built, built up in rooted. Yeah. Yeah, 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 all of those good things, like a tree, I'm like a big tree that people yeah. want to hug, no, the mighty uh, oak. Yeah, <laughs> <from your river. laughs> I always thought of myself more as a maple. Um, <laughs> so, but like in that in that like, what's crazy is that. Is that when when I was even at the lowest like of those points where like I was getting a pushback, the the thing that that I was convinced of that kind of has carried me through, and, and that's been shown through people as well, is that is that God hadn't abandoned me, God was still God, God was still there, yeah. God hadn't left my the calling that He that God's put on me. Um, and I was just like like, even, it's not just the person of God and God's faithfulness that can handle my my own kind of, you know, instability or fluctuations or, or wrestlings. But it's even even God's call, like, that, and I, I remember when I was nine, nine years old, maybe, maybe I was a bit older than that and we had a, we had an evangelist at our church and, and he you know had some calling if people you'll feel like it wasn't a rededication but it was like you know you're going to step forward and what God has for you God wants you to you know chat and and I, I remember sitting there and thinking oh I should go up and be like no that's not really cool I don't know if I want to do that and my mom came and sat down beside me and uh, she just said to me she's like she's like you don't have to go up Now, if you don't, if you don't want to, but just know that there's nothing you can do to run away from God's call on your life. And then she just walked away. Um, and like, you know, my mom, yeah, drop it and walk it. Um, and, but that's like really stuck with me and actually now looking at like Samson, I'm just like, you know, Samson ends up doing all these things and is remembered as like one of the famous, you know, judges or infamous judges of, of Israel. And and yet you just like you look at it you're like, how much how much richer would his story have been if people had like pushed back, believing that God's call and God's faithfulness could handle a bit of you know a, yeah, a bit of that kind of steel, you know, sharpening yeah. steel. Sorry, I talked
1: lots of well that. I yeah, like when you're talking, I'm look I'm thinking of experiences in my own life where people have call me out or you know talk to me about something and um and and even small things like my sermon or something be like hey you should add this or what about this or I would have done this and and I'm starting to get better at it but it's still like it it irks me and and I think we we tend to think that other people are thinking the way our worst thoughts about ourselves, like our insecurities mm. are mm. all that people are mm. speaking to us. Like everything that I don't <clears throat> like about myself, I'm assuming that everyone else, that's a hundred percent of their thoughts towards me. Mm. Um and I wonder if that comes out of like when you're talking about fear, like on that bus ride or the or the um missions trip or youth thing or whatever. Yeah. Um talking it how much of our childhood in Christianity was based on fear, like fear mm-hmm. of disappointing, fear of, you know, missing your calling, fear of hell, fear of um, not being all that God has called you to be, fear of missing people. Like a lot of it's based on fear mm-hmm. and not a lot of it was based on, you know, God. God loves you and God is going to be with you and God is going to do great things with you no matter what you do. Like just because other people put these expectations on you doesn't mean that they're right. Just mm-hmm. because your parents want you to marry a good Jewish girl doesn't mean that Philistine harlot is not <laughs> the right one. But it's uh but yeah, it's so much mm-hmm. so much fear. Like I remember and I'm sure I told this before on this podcast but when i was in plumbing school i i met this guy and he was going to birthday party so he invited me out to this bar and he knew that i had a little bit of college but didn't know in what and he had Mm -hmm. a little bit of college didn't didn't know what so i sat down he's like so what do you have your degree in i said all bachelors of biblical studies and his first question to me was oh so what can't you do and that Mm -hmm. was his idea of christianity was you can't do anything and that's based on fear like Christians mm-hmm. have told them not to do something or are against things instead mm-hmm. of what, instead of what we're for. Like if, if the gospel is good news, then it should be good news, not do this or this will happen to you. Um, mm-hmm. It should, it should be good news to people. It should be good news to the poor. It should be good news to those that are seeking things. It should be good news and not, uh, you know you messed up your life until now but here's how you can fix it mm. um, and don't ever go back to that or don't ever do the same things you're doing before or whatever it's very fear-based mm. anyway
0: no I think yeah we've, we've hit we've hit 20 minutes and we have <laughs> covered more really
1: than 20 topics and to I love it, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> there's some guy in there he was he, he did something somebody yeah. about a lion and honey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll get but
0: into it is the like riddle later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think like that, you know, actually, I, I would say, you know, that your final comment actually really does resonate with me in the sense of like Samson, which is, is like, you know, the good news for Israel would have been freedom from the Philistines, Philistines. And, um, and what never seems clear from, from the Israelite people, including his parents is how is how the way he's living out his vocation and calling is yeah. anything but good news for himself you know and yeah. and and there's something i think you're right like there's i think that is a really good challenge to leave ourselves on and think about is like is our good news based upon the fact that if you accept everything i'm telling you that you shouldn't do or you are doing that you shouldn't do is true then I've got to get out of jail free card for you, if you do it all. Or, or is the good news like that? There is a God who knows you completely and loves you completely,
1: and there is nothing that can separate you from that love of God. Um, I got good news for you. You can be just like me. <laughs> Why? Well, sign me up. Sign me sign up. Me up. <laughs> I'm there. You can I'm be there. just like us. Good yeah. news. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Like what is? Yeah. What is? that's that's the question that's what i i've been thinking about is what is the gospel like what is the good news about the gospel and how in its in its simplest form without all my preconceptions without all my things that i've grown up believing um or adding on to the gospel in its simplest form what is it and why is it good news And then go to go from there to to deconstruct it. And I know deconstruction is a big talk about fear-based, right? Like deconstruction, (laughs) not only tearing everything down. Yeah, you tear everything, you you tear stuff down because we we realize that some of our ideas have been based on a Western worldview of a book written or a modern Western view of a book that was written in the Middle East 2,000 years ago, and some Mm -hmm. of the words we've we've put on, um, or some of the terms and the words we've we've, uh, described or translated it through Mm -hmm. our own eyes instead of back there. And so what's the gospel in its simplest form, and then how do I build it from there? Whew. Derek, hit you're hitting
0: it. We're gonna, we're gonna end up uh, our next our next stretch after Samson. You have to get through Samson with us. And maybe yeah. our next stretch, we're gonna look at the uh, the parable of the houses built on sand and the rock and talk a little bit about deconstruction. That'll be our that's yes. what we'll do next. Okay. Yes!
1: Yeah. No, that sounds good. Let's let let's do that. I got I got a guess in mind. Um, yeah excellent
0: excellent well thank you everyone for joining us today and um, if you uh, yeah I I, like genuinely genuinely more than anything want to say you know if there's any way we can open up this discussion a little bit wider and have you join in with it, um, let us know. We, you know, we, we definitely want this to go beyond um, the two of us and, and the occasional guests that we have and want this to be something a bit more. Um, and, and I, I truly, truly believe that like, the spirit of God is is at work in the world, speaking through scripture, calling us to live the good news, not out of fear, but out of love. And I want to take that journey with you. So help me figure out how to open the door and get you on the bus and let's go. Yeah, let's go. It's <laughs> rally time.
1: And yeah. I'll get a hat
0: next time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. All right. All right. All right. Take it easy, guys Yeah, and gals. Bye. You- we